Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I've found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. And we pray with these two beautiful stories. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would shine a light on them in your word. Pray that you would give us the sort of joy that the angels get here. And change us, we pray, to have your heart. Amen. Some years ago now, somebody taught me the words of Luke chapter 15, verse 10, to music. And I tell you, I've never forgotten Luke chapter 15, verse 10. So, can I give you the gift of Luke chapter 15, verse 10 to music today? Don't worry, it's not going to be me. Uh, but, I, but Sarah. Uh, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner. Who repents Luke 15, verse 10? <laughs> <laughs> Any guesses of the tune? Flintstones, yeah. Great. There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents Luke 15, verse 10. Round of applause, very good. Jesus tells two stories that bring out some amazing things. The first one is about a lost sheep. The, the second one is about a lost coin. That's what we're going to spend a few minutes thinking about. Could anybody tell me what noise a sheep makes? <laughs> Thank you, Beth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there we go. Uh, would you mind just humor me for this all-age service? What noise does a sheep make, everybody? What noise does a noisy sheep make? <laughs> what noise does a very quiet sheep make? Very good. Okay. Now, imagine we are a flock of sheep, okay? And uh, in the story, there are a hundred sheep. Now, we're not quite a hundred, but it's like we're not far off a hundred today. Okay, so we're a hundred sheep in a flock, and we're all happily buying away in the pasture. But then the shepherd realizes when he does his count. He counts to 99 and realizes... One is missing. So I've lost a sheep, guys. I have lost a sheep. Has anybody seen my lost sheep? Could you? Anybody? Where did that come from? Where, where, can anybody see it? 
Anybody see the lost sheep in the room? Oh. oh! David the sheep! How did you get up there? I'm lost. Oh bah. no. Well, if I. A sheep can't get down a spiral staircase. I mean, if I leave you lot, the 99, does that make any sense to leave 99 safe sheep and go after one? Not a lot, no, economically. But. Oh, you're not going to get down there. I'm going to go up there, okay? Stay there, everybody. I'm going to go after David the sheep. David, you'll be okay. Don't. And this is one of them. Oh, I found him. Oh, look. Here he is, everybody. (laughs) Now we've got to get you down. Come with me. It says in the passage, he joyfully puts the sheep on his shoulders. So, oh gosh, David. Okay, come on then. <laughs> right, come on then. Let's go. And then he came home. And he said, Enjoy to me, everybody. Oh, fantastic. Let's have a party. Hooray, I'm yeah. from here. <laughs> Thank you. What a party for a shepherd. I've found him at last. Do you know, Jesus tells this story deliberately because he's talking to Pharisees. A bit out of breath. <laughs> Never worked that hard in a sermon before. Um, he, he was talking to Pharisees and teachers of the law in verse 3, and they were muttering, and, and they were supposed to be the shepherds of Israel. But he tells this rather pointed story. In fact, they were saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And Jesus is saying, yes, yes I do. He actually turns that criticism into a wonderful teaching point with a glorious double illustration. He says, that's exactly what I've come to do. Verse 7, I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. I think, by the way, Jesus is being pointed and ironic there, as he often is. He often overstates something to get you to wake up. So I think there he's not saying, in case you're wondering, 99% of the human race are okay and they're righteous. They don't need to repent. But it's just the 1% that I'm after. I don't think he's doing that because Luke chapter 11, he says, you Pharisees are full of greed and wickedness. So he's not okay with the Pharisees in a life, but he's saying, look, I'm trying to wake you up as well, guys. I heard a story recently about a woman called Edith, and uh, she was not interested in um, God or religion. Uh, But one Sunday, she lived in America, and she found herself walking uh, around the neighborhood. She's feeling very discontented, very sad in her heart, and she saw a church, and she thought, well, I never go to church, but why not? I'll go in. So this Sunday, she goes into this church, and they were reading in this church in America the same Bible reading that we just heard, Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10, but they were using the old-fashioned version, you know, the King James Version, and so the pastor read out that day, then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners to hear him, and the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them, in that old-fashioned language. But she, Edith, heard him say, This man receiveth sinners and Edith with them. You see? 
because she, he said Edith, but what she thought he said was Edith, because it sounds a bit like her name. And so she sat bolt up right in her pew, and she thought, what? What? This man Jesus welcomes Edith, and Edith, he eats with her? That's amazing. And uh, eventually, as she sat through the service, she, she realized her mistake. She thought, oh, he actually said Edith, not my name. But she said it was enough. The message got through because she realized Jesus welcomes sinners and, and wants to eat with them. And if Jesus welcomes sinners and, and Edith, then he was interested in her. She became a Christian. And that's how the story gets told. So that's the first story. It's all about the lost sheep. And what noise does a sheep make? Thank you very much. And then there's another story, right? There's the story of the lost coin. And this story is about a woman who had 10 silver coins. And in those days, a silver coin, it wasn't like a 50p, that's like, that's like our silver coin, isn't it? But it was, it was worth more like 50 pounds. I mean, it was a, a day's wage for a laborer. You get, get paid a silver coin at the end of the day. So roughly 50 pounds a day's money. And she had 10 of these. It was like her life savings, you know? This was what she kept under the mattress. One, two, three, four. Maybe she was counting them one day. Five. Let me just make sure I've got them all. Six, seven, eight, nine. Where's the tenth? I had 10 silver coins. Where's it gone? She starts to panic just a little bit. I need this money. This is, this is my money that I put away. Where is it? So the text says she, she lights a lamp, which in those days would have looked a little bit like this. And she starts to look around. Is it in the dark corners of my house? Is it in somewhere I've forgotten? Where was the last place I had all my coins out? Where could it possibly be? It says she sweeps the house as well. And she starts saying, where is it? Is it under there? <laughs> Is it under those things I, where is it? Where is my silver coin? And then she's, she's getting worried. She's going through all the implications of not having enough money for the, for the month to pay all the bills. Where is my coin? Until she thinks, well, maybe it's, it couldn't possibly be, it couldn't be under William, could it? And she, she looks underneath and then, <laughs> can you roll back a bit more? And she thinks, oh! Going. Oh, thank you, William. And she says, rejoice with me. She actually goes to all her neighbors and says, rejoice with me because I've found my silver coin. I think she probably ends up spending more money on the party and the drinks and the food she serves to her neighbors than the silver coin was worth. But she's so happy to have it back. I actually lost my wallet this summer and had a little taste of this. Uh, the, the story occurred to me. I was, um, let me put this back for safekeeping. Uh, I was on the beach. And um, I got changed out of my shorts into my swimming shorts and uh, I had a nice time in the sea. Got back uh, to the house at the end of the afternoon and I went like that. Where's my wallet? I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, I, I sort of started turning the house upside down. I asked everybody in the house, have you seen my wallet? Nobody could find it. I was just getting ready to go back as night was falling to Oldborough Beach in Suffolk, which is this vast stony beach. And thinking, I'm never gonna find that wallet, but I have to go back and look for it as night is falling. And then Sarah found my wallet <laughs> in, a, in a pocket in her handbag, in her handbag where, I, where I had put it. And I felt very silly, but so glad, so glad that I had my wallet back, all the bank cards and my driving license and the things that I need. So I had a little taste of that feeling. You know that feeling when you find it again? Jesus calls it joy. He rejoice. There is joy in the presence of the angels of God. That means heaven is throwing a party when a sinner comes home. 
Joy means like a deep down happiness, you know, not like a frivolous circumstantial thing. Joy is like the thing you've set your heart on. And when you, when you have it, that's like completeness, that's joy. So you have your story of the lost sheep and your story of the lost coin. And you see the point of it all, Jesus welcomes sinners. He doesn't do it grudgingly. He, he doesn't do it because he has to. He does it because he loves it. It's his heartbeat. Jesus welcomes sinners. And that's our main thing for today. I met, um, I met a man earlier this week when I was door knocking and he just reminded me of this. He told, he told us quite honestly, I have been to prison in my life. And um, he said, I've done some wrong things, but I'm now a Christian. And then his brother came out of the flat and talked to us as well. And it turns out the two of them live together and one looks after the other. Um, and one of them reads the Bible to the other one. And they're both Christians. They showed us the crosses around their necks. They talked about faith and um, how they would love to come to church if they can. And I thought, what a lovely, lovely picture of what Jesus is talking about here. You may have been to prison. You may have done awful things in your life. You may have been written off by everybody else, but Jesus hasn't written you off. In fact, he welcomes you. And these brothers were living out this life of um, joy in Jesus and care for other people right under our noses. I couldn't help thinking that the angels must look at that little flat in Haringey and have joy. I mean, they must sing and be glad when they look at what's being played out in this neighborhood over those two brothers' lives. What does this mean for us before we finish? Three applications that I'd, I'd love I'd, to bring to your attention. Firstly, life can be bitter. Secondly, Christianity involves joy. Thirdly, Christianity involves repentance. Firstly, life can be bitter. You may know that already, or if you don't, I think you will sadly find out. People sometimes talk about sucking the juice out of the orange of life. You heard that expression? But um, it sort of means I'm going to make the most of life. I'm going to suck the juice out of life. But sometimes it can feel, some days, some months, some years, and feel like you've sucked the juice out of the lemon of life, can't it? You know, this, is, this is bitter. I don't want this. Life can be bitter, but Jesus gets that. So if you're a sheep who's got lost, and you feel there is no way of, no way of getting home, in a sense, Jesus would say, yeah, you're right. And that would be hopeless if God hadn't come down to earth, if God hadn't come down to earth to find you, if Jesus wasn't searching for you. You may curse yourself. How could I be so stupid? You may curse your circumstances. Oh, everything has conspired against me. You may curse this, the other sheep who told you to go down this road, and if only they hadn't done that. True, but Jesus is searching for you. Kids, can you tell me, David the sheep, when he was on the balcony, could he find his way home? couldn't really do it, could he? No, because he was just a sheep. The lost coin, was that going to find its way back into the purse? No, it wasn't, was it? There is no way we as human beings are going to find our way back to the Garden of Eden. There's no way we're going to find our way into some sort of paradise earth that's somehow unpolluted and free of evil. There's no way that we're going to manage to get to heaven. Oh, look at me. I've managed to make it on my own. Fantastic. That's not going to happen. That's why Jesus says we are hopelessly lost. But he's on the search for each of us. Life can be bitter. Second application, Christianity involves joy. Would any of you like more joy in life? Anybody? Oh, I see some nods. Me too. Who, I mean, who wouldn't like more joy in life, right? There is a sort of joy on offer here in the picture Jesus paints that I find amazing and attractive. 
I tried to bake a cake not long ago. It's quite rare. Um, but I tried to bake this cake, and I realized when it came out of the oven, I'd left out a key ingredient, butter, I think. I think I just left out the butter. So what I got was this really dry, floury thing that came out of the oven, smelling burned. And I thought, ah, oh, I left out a key ingredient. And if, if there is no joy in your Christian life, there is a key ingredient missing. It's going to be drier. It's going to be a bit less tasty than it, than it can be. The thing to do, I think, is not just to beat yourself up. Oh, if only I was more joyful. It's actually to realize there is the subjective joy. Heaven is rejoicing. You just, you just can't stop it. The angels love to see sinners coming home. It's happening. God loves that. That's the plan. And just realize that that is happening and let it trickle down into your soul. What does that mean? Well, I think um, in evangelism, you know, when we talk about telling other people about God, there is more joy in it than I often realize. If I focus on myself, oh, if I was more joyful about evangelism, then I would do a better job of this if I could tell more people about Jesus. But then that just puts the emphasis on what I'm going to say, you know, how I'm feeling, am I feeling scared? Whereas actually, if I can try and see out of my own skin, you know, Oh wow, I think God is connecting people to himself all the time. So if I can, if I can just say anything, then this might connect this human being to their creator. <gasps> There's a lot more joy in that, just seeing outside myself. Or to give you another example, um, do any of you get prayer letters from mission partners? You know, people who are working for Jesus around the world? I get a fair number of them. And there's a way of being quite insular about that. Like, oh, here's another prayer letter. Oh, I'm really not praying for that person enough. I am a bit of a failure. If only I did more, then it might go further. But there's a way of reading them which says, here is a letter which is going to tell me all about how God is welcoming sinners home. Here is, here is news of what God is doing in the world. Do you see how that's much, much more freeing and liberating? There's, there's joy in that transaction. It's just I have to climb out of myself a bit. So Christianity involves joy, and maybe God is offering you that gift today. And finally, just as we finish, Christianity involves repentance. As Katie said, uh, repentance involves turning around, turning away from sin and turning back to God. Remember our memory verse? Should we say it together? No, no need for singing, but should we say the words? You can read them if you like. There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Luke 15 verse 10. Very good. Jesus doesn't validate all of us in our former godless lifestyle. He says, I love you. I've come to find you. Now come with me and leave your life of sin. And we're going we're to read an amazing story next week called The Lost Son, which talks about that in much more vivid detail. Just for the time being, I read a story about a town in Canada recently uh, where they had no road. And this, this town is called Wabush. And it's in the depths of northern Canada. And for years, they had no road to Wabush. So if you wanted to get there, I guess you had to fly or sail. Uh, but the government decided we're going to connect Wabush to the, to the grid, to the transport grid. And they built a road at the cost of many millions of dollars. And so now, if you want to go to Wabush, you can drive there. And there's one road in and there's one road out. And, you know, all of us, we naturally end up living in a town called Sin. And we have got ourselves there and other people have got us there through a whole raft of circumstances. And there's only one road out. It's called repentance. So Jesus is offering people joy and the chance to be reunited with their creator, but you have to repent of your sins. There's, there's one road out that he's offering to walk with you. So could I encourage you, if that's you, 
You do have to swallow that. I need to repent. But there is amazing joy on offer. Life can be bitter. Christianity involves joy, but Christianity also involves repentance. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we lift our uh, weary, perhaps, perhaps bitter hearts to you today and sometimes, Lord, we feel like a, a lost sheep or a coin that just got swept under the mat and forgotten about. But Father, we read here that you, you haven't forgotten, you, you haven't abandoned. We, we read about the joy that you shower on, on sinners who come home and we pray that we'd get a slice of that today and for all the people who live around us in this city, we pray that they might know something of this joy, this homecoming, this Jesus who searches for them. Amen.